Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need both in business and building the life you deserve. Thank you so much for joining us for episode number 110 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast brought to you by PJS and Co-CPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer, and I have our amazing marketing extraordinaire, Amanda, back with us today to talk about more marketing. And we're always excited to talk about this. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks, Megan. (laughs) So today we're talking about overcoming the fear of marketing yourself. And to people who don't enjoy marketing like we do, I totally understand, even though maybe I don't experience it as much now, because we've had the practice of doing it over and over and over again. But I totally understand it because I felt that way in the beginning as well. And some of the fears that we're going to talk about and the hesitations, I totally get it. So to tackle the first thing, I feel like the reason that a lot of people don't like marketing or tend to shy away from it, first of all, is because they associate marketing with sales immediately. Like anytime I say, oh, I'm in marketing, they're like, oh, so you do sales calls and stuff, which that can be a part of it, but that is sales. Marketing is separate from sales. And that's one thing that I don't know if you've run into that on your end, but it's one thing that I think people just automatically make that association. Absolutely. I think as soon as you say, oh, I'm in marketing or I do marketing, they jump to, I think, the the most different part of marketing, like direct sales, right? Like you're going mm-hmm. door to door selling mm-hmm. something. And yeah, that again, that is part of marketing, but it's also kind of the back end. I feel like marketing's more of the back end and sales is more of the front end. Right. And learning the difference and learning how to approach each one in your business is kind of important. Right, right. And you shouldn't have a fear of the marketing or sales portion of marketing and, and selling yourself or your services. But the association and the reason that I kind of like try to separate myself even to this day from sales is like, I think most people have this like slicked back used car salesman. Like when you picture sales, you get kind of this yuck feeling like, oh, you're going to pressure me into doing something that I don't want to do. You're going to use all these tricks to like the typical like sales questions that you get, just forcing you into something that you don't want. And that's, I think, an old school way of doing sales. And it's obviously not the most impactful or best way to go about doing it. So we want to differentiate between the type of sales that we've all experienced that was not enjoyable and coming from a place of service because it makes a big big difference. That's kind of the overarching theme for today's episode. So if you're interested in learning how to overcome that fear or how to maybe put a new perspective on marketing and sales, that's our goal for today is to help you get there. So I think the first thing that makes people uncomfortable is it kind of feels braggy. Like, 
oh, I'm so great. I'm the best thing since sliced bread. Like (laughs) it's so hard, like even writing your bio, right? Like for a website or for anywhere to brag about yourself and talk about the things that you've accomplished because it's just, it's just weird. Like it, it puts you in a weird spot. Yeah. Especially when it comes to like a part of marketing is obviously finding your brand, right? Self-branding. And Mm -hmm. that even comes to when you're writing your own resume. So when you're writing your own resume, that's what you're doing is, you know, selling yourself, marketing yourself to whoever you're trying to get hired on with. And I think that's a really hard part. It's like, these are all the things I do, but then you put them on paper and you put the verbiage in and it's like, sounds so fancy sometimes. And you just feel like you're bragging and you don't want to do that. And so sometimes you diminish what you've done which is only hurting you, obviously. Right. Well, and I think imposter syndrome is something that's been thrown around a lot in the past couple of years, but it's easy to fall into that trap of like, who am I to start this business or to to step up my businesses and increase the cost of my service? Like, who am I to do that? You start playing the comparison game between you and other people, but you have to understand the unique value that you and your team bring to the market or to that service and what's different about you. So taking some time to reflect on what experiences can you bring to the table that other people don't have? You know, maybe you did experience really bad sales tactics in your industry and you want to shy away from that and bring something to clients that doesn't leave them feeling like that, you know, and that may be a big opportunity for you to, to change the way that things are done. And you can look at other industries and, and other areas to, to pull inspiration from and not to copy them, but you can, you don't have to do the cookie cutter way that everybody else has been doing that. And I think that's an important thing to address too. Mm -hmm. Especially like you said, the whole bragging, like bragging and promoting yourself when you're doing those things. One of my favorite sayings is it's a very, you have to be confident when you say it is, you know, it's not bragging if it's the truth, right? So if you're promoting a product or a service that is awesome, that is going to help people out, that is beneficial, whether it's to a select market, a select group or a community, it uses the, I feel like the fear of having to market it, right? So like, Mm -hmm. if you understand what you have to offer and your value um, of the product or service, to me, just knowing that and reminding yourself of that kind of gives you the confidence to be able to promote it and understand it's not bragging about yourself. Right. Well, and you have to be providing a stellar service in order to do that, right? If you're not providing a stellar service, maybe you shouldn't be in business in the first place. I mean, brutally honest, right? Like you need to be bringing something of value in order to have that confidence. But as long as you are, if you aren't doing everything that you can to show the value of what you bring to the table and reach the right people, you're potentially doing harm to those people because then they do end up having to work with Joe Schmo who has the sleazy sales tactics. And, you know, it's all the same things that maybe you experienced on the back end that you're like, oh man, these poor people are having to deal with all of this stuff that is not over-promising, under-delivering, a lot of things that can happen. And if you have something that's unique and can bring that to the table, but then you fall short on oh, I don't want to push myself. I don't want to sell it. I feel uncomfortable bragging about myself. Then all of those people are stuck with is your competition who may, are probably the reason that you got into business in this first place. Yeah, absolutely. I know it can be overwhelming, but if you're offering that service, it kind of eases the pain. I think I talked to you about one of our friends had posted on Facebook. She's not a salesperson or anything, but she works for like an aesthetic business and 
She had posted on Facebook a couple of times about this new makeup line that they mm -hmm. had to offer. And I had been searching for a makeup line, but you know, there's so much makeup out there. So it's like, where do you start? Right. And she had posted something that caught my eye. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to try this. So I tried it and I fell in love with it. And I absolutely love it. And so I reached out to her and I said, thanks. Her name's Megan as well. So thanks, Megan, for posting that. Because if she wouldn't have taken the leap to put her face out there, she did like a before the makeup and after. Oh, nice. And that can be really hard. So she took the leap to be able to have the confidence to market her product, to market herself. And in turn, it really helped me because it was something I was really looking for. So it's, like you said, a huge service to people. If you can jump over that overwhelm and jump over that fear and market your product or service that's beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. And social media has definitely opened that up, I think, for more people because before you were looking at the competition and like, oh my gosh, they're spending all this money on all of these different types of advertising. And again, the imposter syndrome or who am I to do that just as a single person or as a small team, or even as you grow, maybe you have a team of 20, 30, 40, 50 people, but you're a small business compared to the, the big players out there. And it's easy to get caught in that comparison game. And mm -hmm. like they say, comparison is the thief of joy <laughs> in personal <laughs> life and in business, right? So look at what your competition is doing from small to large, but don't let yourself get discouraged because maybe they have a whole marketing team that's putting together all of their social strategy and they have an entire content department. And it's very easy to get overwhelmed when you're comparing yourself, especially when it's not apples to apples. Absolutely. And I think that's why it's important to find that market that you are marketing to, you know, what sets yourself mm -hmm. out from the rest. Like when I opened my business, three other people were opening the exact same business as mine in the town. And so it was like, well, there was this comment kind of going around with people and customers like, oh my gosh, do we have too many of these here, you know? Mm. And so what I did is obviously creative marketing plan and a strategy. And I think one of the major helps in that is when you create a SWOT analysis, mm. finding your strengths, finding other people's strengths, their weaknesses, obviously opportunities and threats. And I think being able to put that plan out and put that strategy out can really help you figure out what your market is and what you have to offer that they might not, or what can you up that they're not offering for their clients and stuff. So I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, for sure. You want to have a, a written plan or strategy. Again, that can be overwhelming, right? So it doesn't have to be this thesis that's like 30 pages long. We just need to spend some time thinking about who is our ideal client? Where are they going for information? Who are they asking? Who are they talking to? What sites are they using? Like, does it even make sense for me to be on Facebook? Or are they on Pinterest looking for things? Because I think a lot of people get caught in the, oh my gosh, I have to post to Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Pinterest and YouTube. And, you know, the list goes on and on TikTok and all the growing things. And it's like, okay, but is your person on there? And specifically, are they on there looking for your services, right? Like, because it can be kind of a mismatch. Although I have heard of people like dentists on TikTok now doing things. And I'm like, I wonder how many clients they're actually getting from TikTok, though. I'd be interested because for me, like I've been in marketing now for 
too long. Not, not forever, but it was just as the start of Facebook, right? Like is when I was getting into it. So now watching all of those changes, you see things kind of come and go, right? Because like now mm-hmm. Facebook is seen as, oh, the older older generation is on that, even Instagram, right? So like now all the younger kids are on TikTok. So you just have to, you have to spend some time looking at where your people actually are so that you can mm-hmm. focus on what is going to be the most impactful thing. And you're not spreading your resources too thin and doing everything, but it's all mediocre and you're not actually getting any traction anywhere. And maybe you are on all platforms, but maybe you're using them differently. For instance, the dentist part, I've seen those TikToks. They're kind of funny. And so I don't know if their purpose is just to put light on the dentist industry and not people think it's so uptight. I'm not quite sure, but you might just use every platform for something different. And that's okay. One might be for educational purposes. One might be for sales purposes. Mm. So it's also defining not making it complicated, but saying, you know, these are the people I want to market to. This is the place I need to do it. And this is how I want to relay the information. And then obviously just doing it. That's the hard part is is the doing. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and that brought up another good point. What do you want your brand to represent as Mm -hmm. well? Right? Like, A lot of the TikToks that I see are silly, like they're doing silly things to kind of make light of it, which is good for a dentist, in my opinion, because (laughs) who isn't afraid to go to the dentist, right? It's like inherently just scary, all the drills, all the sound. But it can be helpful to break down those walls and maybe you're not doing it necessarily for sales, but you still need to make sure that it's in line with the way that you want your company to be represented online. Because as we Mm -hmm. all know, once it's out there, it's out there forever. (laughs) And if you want to be silly, that's great. Maybe humor is a part of your brand and that fits in line, but you don't want to necessarily be like one personality on one platform and then another personality on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is more serious. Like it all kind of has to be still cohesive so that Mm -hmm. the people that are following you and looking for that content are attracted to you for the right reasons, right? Like it's... Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to try to pretend to be something you're not just to fit that specific platform. If you're not into doing dances and doing those silly reels or whatever it is, don't force yourself to do them because then if people do try to work with you, they're like, wait, where did the silly person go that I was following on Instagram? Like you're totally different and you know, it just doesn't align or drive. So that's another thing is like, just make sure that you're, being true to who you want to represent as a company, as an organization, and keep that in mind to keep it cohesive across all platforms and wherever you're you're posting things. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. So I think the last thing, and obviously there's a bunch of fears and things that can hold you back from marketing or doing sales, but we're kind of picked out the biggest and the ones that I've heard the most if you have any other questions, feel free to reach out to us at info at pjscpas.com or holler at us on social. We'll be happy to direct you to some great resources. I know we've both read a ton of sales and marketing books and all of the podcasts, and we enjoy doing that stuff on the side. So we probably have something that could help you. And if we don't, we probably have someone we could ask that could help you. (laughs) So we're happy to do that. But the last one that we're going to talk about on the episode today is kind of how are others going to think of me if I do this? Like, if I start promoting myself online, 
am I going to get a whole bunch of comments making fun of me? Or maybe I am silly in my private life, but I don't feel comfortable like putting it out there because I'm afraid of how others are going to view me. That can be a difficult hump to get over. So I don't have a ton of, of helpful feedback on this. It's basically like the first one is always the worst. I think. And that's true. Like when I was looking at starting up the podcast for PJS, everything that I read, everything that I took some courses on, it was like, I know it's scary. It is intimidating to record yourself, but basically you just got to do it. And with practice, you're going to get better. That was basically like, you just kind of had to dive in and get it over with. It's true though. Like I've gotten a lot more comfortable being recorded and I know all three partners say the same thing, but you kind of have to dive in. Like if you try to get in the pool with your big toe, it's just going to elongate the amount of suffering, right? Just dive in, get it over with (laughs) and then get better. Yeah, I agree. That's how I was when I used to do Facebook lives. And oh my gosh, I hated Facebook lives. It just seems so unnatural, right? You're talking yeah. to these people you don't even see and it's all live. And right. but I just had a goal, like do one every single day, do one every single day. And and then the more you do it, obviously the more natural it becomes. And soon you're doing it and people are in the same building as you. You don't care as much. I remember before I used to have to go to like a different room. It had to be quiet. No one could see me, but you just, you just feel like people are judging you. Right. And, right. and they might not be, and they might be, but at the end of the day, if you have a product or service that you know you want to get out there and you know it's beneficial, then who cares what the naysayers say? Because there will always be those naysayers. So you just kind of have to have confidence in yourself and what you're marketing and then just kind of take that leap, jump into that pool. Yeah. Yep. I, I think bottom line, for the most part, no one cares as much as we think they do. Like <laughs> we we make it up in our head that, oh my gosh, so everyone's going to be watching, but they have their own stuff going on in their own life. Like they might see it and think it's silly or whatever, but if they don't align with that, they're probably not the people that are going to want to work with us and jive with our personalities and all of those things anyway. And another thing, I can't remember who said this, but it was something to the effect of if someone's judging you, they probably haven't done or accomplished as much as you anyway. It's probably coming from jealousy. So that's another thing to keep in mind is like the people who are very accomplished and have uh, done a lot in their life aren't going to see something that you're trying to do. You're trying to make something to create something, which is amazing, and put that down. They may have feedback for you or offer to help you because they've already been at that point. And they're up here and they may reach out and say, hey, might be able to do this ABC and improve your results. But that's where people who have done that, been there, done that are coming from. They're not like, oh, look at that. They're so silly. How stupid. They're going to look at it and want to help you not make fun of you. Yeah, I agree. Because it feels different, right? It feels different marketing yourself. It feels different promoting yourself or promoting your products but it's because you are different. You're doing something somebody else isn't doing. So all those people that do want to be negative towards your product or you, it's because they're probably not doing something different, you know? Right. And so you have to remember to just be confident in why you started doing it and what's your purpose of doing it. And marketing should be a huge part of people's budget and time. And it's really not. A lot of people put it as the last thing. They put it at the bottom of the totem pole and then they wonder why they're not making money or why new people aren't coming in the door. 
And so I, I think if you just remember what your end goal is, it makes all of it a lot easier. And then also remembering to stay consistent, because I think a lot of people will start doing something for a little while and then they say, oh, this isn't working, this isn't working, mm-hmm. and then they'll stop doing it. But mm-hmm. you didn't give it adequate time to be able to build itself to where it needs to be. Yeah, I think that's a great point too. And I heard it explained one time as marketing is like a savings account. Like every piece of content that you put out there, every social media post is like a little deposit that you make in your savings account. And it may not seem like much in the moment with that you know, blog post that you put out or with that YouTube video. But after you've been doing that consistently for years and years and years, you look back and you're able to see, wow, we've accomplished all of this. Look how many people have listened to our podcast. Look how many people have seen our website. Look how many conversions we've gotten. I kind of think of that with our podcast, like doing the each intro. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're at 110 episodes. That's crazy that we've put together all of this, but it doesn't seem like much every day that we record, but Now, looking back, we've been doing this since the end of 2019. So it's something that you just, like you said, you you have to stay consistent and you will start seeing the payoff, but it takes time. So there are a couple of resources that we wanted to provide in this episode as well. And we will put links to all of these in the show notes for this episode, which can be found at pjscpas.com forward slash 110. We did find a article. It's the fear of marketing, five self-limiting beliefs and how to get rid of them. That's annahardy.co. And that was a good article. And then a couple of just different resources that I enjoy. HubSpot has a lot of great information. They've I've been following them for years and years and years. Ton of great resources. They have fantastic like CRM. They're, at least at one point it was free. I haven't checked it recently, but they have a ton of stuff. So check them out. Another one is the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast by Amy Porterfield. And I listen to her pretty regularly. I would check her out if you have interest in online marketing and staying consistent and getting just great tips. And the last resource that I'll throw out is a book by Marcus Sheridan. I actually had the opportunity to watch him speak once at a conference I was at, and he was amazing there as well. So I'm a big fan of his, but his book is called They Ask, You Answer. And he had a pool company and realized when people were calling him, they were always asking, like one of the top questions was, hey, how much is it going to cost to redo my pool? And he would give them the information, but he didn't have that up on his website and neither did all of his competitors. And everybody was kind of afraid to put that information up because, oh no, what if my competitors see how much I'm charging? Like they're going to be able to to use that against me. But what he realized was he put it up on his website and he started getting a ton of people signing up for his services because he was the only one who branched out and actually put that information out in the the public. Like everyone else was afraid to do it. And that's what people wanted to know. They wanted to know, hey, how much does this cost? Why is there such a price variance? Like he went and he took the time to put all of this information on his website and started ranking on search engines for answers to these things. And it just kind of grew and grew and grew. But it's a really great book on putting yourself out there and kind of going against the grain and realizing what your customers actually want and Filling that need. All right. So as we wrap up here, 
I'm trying to think if I have any final thoughts for our listeners. Do you have anything, Amanda? Just reiterate that stay consistent and stay confident in what you have your business in. And I think marketing will come a lot easier. It might not be easy, but it will come a lot easier if you can remember why you're doing it and what your end goal is, whether it's to touch lives or to help people or, you know, whatever it is. I think just remembering that end goal and staying confident and staying consistent can help reduce fears and get you started. Yeah, I completely agree. Coming from that service-minded approach definitely changed the way that I viewed sales and marketing. And it helped me overcome a lot of my own internal struggles. So I think that's probably the biggest thing for me. But definitely check out those other resources that we mentioned too, which can help you. They have a lot of articles on there. I hope that you found today's episode really helpful and insightful. If you have any other questions, like we said, we're here to help. So reach out to us via social media or email info at pjscpas.com. And Amanda and I will be happy to help you. We do want to let you know, too, that we're going to take a short break for the holiday season here. So this will actually be our last episode for 2022. We will see you back for our next episode on January 16th for the new year, 2023. So we hope you all have some time to spend with your friends and family, enjoy the holiday season, and we will see you next year. So happy new year. Keep that momentum going and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.